Hey, it's Spike. I wanted to let you know we've recorded this entire podcast before the news of Seth Curry's positive coronavirus test, so we do not mention it anywhere in the podcast. Obviously, we want to wish Seth Curry, the rest of the Sixers, and their staff good help. Uh, so best wishes to Seth Curry and the Sixers, and that's why we don't talk about it. Now on to the pod. The Right Sariki Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using the promo code RTRS and brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get yours at statesidevodka.com. On the show today, well, it was going great until tonight, second night of a back-to-back. I think there's still some good things to talk about, even though uh, Timothy Luau Cabro was hitting step-back fucking threes in our face. It was still still been a good run so far. So we'll talk about the, uh, the run of games. We'll talk about uh, a, a poll I put on Twitter earlier I would like to get Mike's take on, uh, current Ben Simmons versus prime Iguodala. Uh, some great mailbag questions about Daryl Morey's behavior on Twitter, uh, trading for Zach Levine or Steph Curry, and our review of the Eagles tanking efforts. We need to discuss what we think of the Eagles tank. Before we get going, big news from Stateside Vodka. It is now available to order in 44 states, including California, Mike, meaning you can order it, though I, they will send it to you for free. Uh, previously, it was just available to order online in Pennsylvania and D.C., now 44 states. Stateside, you can order it now. We're begging them. They told me this was happening when they signed on. It's been a few months. You can do it now. Uh, stateside vodka, gluten-free, kosher, carb-free, delicious, distilled seven times, made right here in Philly. Again, statesidevodka.com or... Um, your local PA wine and spirits around here, but statesidevodka.com must be 21 to drink. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. We passed 3,000 subscribers this week. We want to get to 4,000, so thank you. And uh, this week on the Carl Landry Record Club, Marion Hill, uh, band uh, Jeremy and Samantha Artist, I guess. Um, they do the theme music for Carl Landry Record Club too, and uh, they're awesome. So new episode of Carl Landry Record Club, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who was like a proud papa watching TLC drill three-pointers, crushing the Sixers' hopes tonight. That is Mike Levin. Oh, man. It is, it's so many so many guys on the Nets that are formerly our guys. Yeah, yep. Um, and forever, like, you know, Shamit, obviously former our guy, TLC, our guy. Uh, I, Tyler Johnson, some, your guy. 
Yeah. I, I claim Bruce Brown. I would say mm-hmm. I, I claimed Karis LeVert a long time ago. There's guys that get, if they get too good, I'm like, well, everybody likes them now. I can't quite, quite claim. Yeah, it seemed like you let go of Karis LeVert right as I took him on. Well, it's like, just like you, you I've, let, I've, I've, yeah. I got the win, and then I'm like, I'm, nah, yeah. I don't need it anymore. Like Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Yeah. Dinwiddie's I still yeah. I still feel more of a kinship with Dinwiddie than, than Levert. Maybe. I'm not sure why. But uh, I fucking love Levert. I, I love Levert. I, maybe it's just because he plays well every time he plays us, but Did, I, I, mean, I have watched him. 9 of 25 bit. from the field, 4 of 10 but, from free throw line, 22 points. But it, I test, buddy. That yeah, guy I mean, he does do things, but I don't know. I think he's like when he has the ball in his hands, it feels like when he's like when there's no Kyrie or KD on there, it feels like it's the Karis LeVert show, and it's just him yeah. doing kind of whatever it, he wants for a while. It's it's too without them, it's too much of him. I think that's what we see tonight. He he as the go get us a bucket yeah. uh, when he has the chance guy is great, but when he's he's there every night, like and he was great in that look, playoff series against us. Uh, was he? I don't even remember. Yeah, he, I mean, he went off. Like, he shot, like, yeah. oh, like 45% from three, that whole series. Like, he was, there was, I mean, there was very few other options for them, um, right. those five games. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, look, uh, I, 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 I uh, oscillate, vacillate in between um, making excuses for them and then, like, crushing them at the same time. Second night of a back-to-back on the road mm-hmm. when they... The real problem to me is they didn't finish off Washington when they had a chance to finish off Washington. Yeah. And, and they had a... You know, Bede had to play 37 minutes against Washington. And, they, and it was like a... It was a, a, just a, 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 an energy-expending game. It just sucks that you come into this Nets game without Irving or Durant. And it just... It seemed like a schedule loss that they could have won if they didn't blow the Wizards game. The blow it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if they didn't make the Wizards no, game harder sure. than it needed to be. I mean, I think uh I think this team started to have like a lot of fun playing with each other and they maybe especially in the Wizards game, you could tell they were like throwing alley-oops. There was the one alley-oop to Tobias that I think they were joking about how he they didn't think he would get there and he was having fun. And they were passing, they were making goofy things. Like, it just seemed like they kind of, like, they were, the offense was humming. They scored 82 points in the first half, and then they kind of just took their foot off the gas. And Brad, Brad Beal is Brad Beal. He's, uh, what a nice audition to play for Doc. Um, yeah. Doc Rivers will never forget Bradley Beal. Not that it's a, quite a shake game. We know that Bradley Beal is good, but that was, I mean, he's unbelievable. I love him. Um, the thing that I'm concerned about, because sometimes you have bad games, they shot well in the Wizards game and they didn't uh, really defend much at all and they they sort of similar and in this game the defense was a little bit lacking especially you know around shooters it seemed like they were just kind of a little slow which is what you get on the second night of a back-to-back of a road back-to-back the thing that I'm a little bit starting to get concerned about is um, offensive rebounding they were they were pounding the boards early in the season, to my memory, and in the last two games, they had one offensive rebound against the Wizards, and they had four offensive rebounds against the Nets. And that just, like, shouldn't happen. That that feels that feels like energy and determination, and it seems like they are maybe just, like, phoning it in, and I and I want... Like, the shots are going in, so maybe they just, like, assume it's going in, but that, that to me, is like a, hey, you gotta, like, the Nets didn't play better than us. We just turned the ball over 20 times. They scored easy buckets off of it. 
and they got 11 offensive rebounds to our four. And so it's just like, I think at a certain point, it's a back-to-back thing, but they when, when you do that two times in a row against inferior opponents, especially without Kyrie and KD, it's a little bit like, hey, I know I know you guys are the best best team in the East right now, but like, yeah, I haven't really played anybody yet. And like we're excited about yeah. it. They look good. Like I'm I'm definitely like feeling good about this team generally. This game this game did, did not piss me off that much, which I think is saying something. Last game I watched it on delay because uh, I was uh, occupied by the coup, and so I watched it on delay, knowing that they won and, and was just sort of enjoying the Brad Beal experience. wasn't wasn't frustrated by it, although I can imagine yeah. that in the moment it would have been uh, in the moment it would have been yeah. a little aggravating. Yeah, um, it was a little. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, so it. To me, this is we're we're into the slog of the season, I think, and I think the interest comes and goes, um, shots come and go and stuff. But I think like if we've seen anything out of these, you know, the Embiid and Simmons Sixers, and I guess you could add Tobias to that as far as like guys who have been on this team for number, multiple years, um, it is that like it can effort wanes and. It gets clunky, and you know shoulders start to like shrug a little bit, and you start to just kind of drag. I think that happens to everyone to some extent, but like we know that this team cannot be the flip the switch team. <laughs> like we know it, we've seen it. It's not gonna happen. Well, it's not gonna work. We can't do it. So like we sometimes we were gonna have a whole event called that, and the whole world said no. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and so like I think there's it's like okay, okay, sloggy back to back. You know, take the wind out of your sails without Kyrie and KD. Fine, fine, but like this can't be the whole season because it you like you guys are not the people for that. You guys are not the flip the switch people. Well, you know they. It was going to be interesting to see what happens when they lose a couple. You know because they are historically Joe and Ben have been. I, I it sounds ridiculous to say, but better when things are going better. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were shooting at a clip that it just wasn't going to continue, mm-hmm. you know? Like, um, And, you know, it hurts not having Seth Curry tonight, but the other team didn't have Kevin Durant. So yeah. We win if Kyrie uh, plays, as, which, yes, is, which is a as pretty always. normal take from me, I think. Un, not it, not it would unexpected. Be, it would be nice, and we saw... I want to talk a little bit about the Wizards game, and then we'll talk about the Nets. And we saw a little bit of it, you know, I think what shake up 24, 25 points, mm-hmm. and... Maxi looked great tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it just would be nice if there was somebody else on the team who we could run offense through, like when Joel is not like Joel looked like he was half speed tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it would just it would be nice. I think that's why. You know, I mean, they turned the ball over twenty times. The the passes, mm-hmm. some of the passes were like inexcusable, like passes off the backboard. Like inlets that are you know eight feet over the person's head, like mm-hmm. some really like sloppy, lazy traveling, et cetera. It just seemed like, and I guess that's going to happen in a season when there's when there's not fans around. Like sometimes you know if you're not locked in, there's plenty of times regular that they're not locked in in a regular season. But when there's no fans, now that feels to even be like more heightened when it just feels like you're mm-hmm. kind of you know screwing around. Um, the thing, like t- they're they're down guys, right? Like it's not just Seth; it's also Mike Scott and Corkmaz and start and and like obviously yeah. those aren't the most important players in the team. But when you when you're missing three guys out of your ten man rotation, 
Like it, 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 it takes a toll, and you know Isaiah Joe's in there trying, and Dakota Mathias is out there, like you know excited to be there, but not really good. Like I, I think you can do with one of those, but it's you start you start to get pretty deep in one with like on offense, especially with like Matisse is out there plus those guys, and you're like I don't know. I, don't, I it seems like the regular season should have started by now, and right now it doesn't look like it. Um, but they also don't have like that level of, you know, dominate the ball point guards so sometimes there are going to be nights when guys are making passes that you're like well shouldn't a good passer be making this pass and uh, like, oh we really have so many of those um these yeah. i mean i think i think this pass this team is a better passing team than last year i think they've especially as far as like doc's done a good job of getting them like in places where they know they will be so it's not like crazy stuff is happening and you have to make you know new decisions it's like if i get the ball in this position i know there's going to be a guy here and it's like there's simplifying stuff that i think this team has become like made quicker decisions including including tobias um but yeah i think i just think ultimately um especially on this kind of night the the depth hurt them the back-to-back hurt them and the like lack of a just give this guy the ball and like this person will run your offense uh was hurt them and they just I, I kind of thought the whole time that they were going to come back and then yeah like I think those like couple Joe Harris threes and Luau threes and a couple like offensive rebounds that went in I was like all right I guess not yeah I, like when Joe Harris when because he looked sort of out of sorts the first half of the game um but then when those shots started going in I was like ah fuck we don't we don't have a chance yeah he's the man I, I really yeah. like Joe Harris love Joe Harris yeah, I think I think the headband makes him look slower. Maybe actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of slower, when the team is going at half speed, Tyrese Maxey looks like he's really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say the two things that came from tonight, as far as good, I thought Maxey looked great, nice little uh, pull up three, mm-hmm. then followed by one that Doc Rivers got mad at him over, um, and then man, I'll tell you, like the. Um, we knew that Milton could shoot, Shake Milton could shoot, but like his work around the rim this year has been great, and that's really where you can see the his like the strength that he put on. Yeah, just like being able to hold somebody off with his offhand and lay it up like high off the glass, like be able to get enough space to do that. I don't know. I thought he looked he looked great. Hundred percent. Uh, I mean, he's got such great yeah. touch around the rim with both hands. He's finishing with his left, like in traffic. Um, and, and he's long, still seven foot wingspan, like the ability to do that. Like he had, he had a shot block a couple of times, I think by, by Jared Allen. Um, but I think both shake and maxi having those little, like shake has that little pull up and has that sort of high off the glass type of thing. Maxi obviously has those floaters that he hit a couple tonight. Um, both of those, both of those becoming weapons with a rolling Dwight Howard, they haven't like really had many lobs. It seems like the past couple games, and so this this game they they had a couple lobs for Dwight that were that were nice and easy. He had he had two that he finished. I think a third that he inexplicably missed. Um, but it's like easy offense when you're like when Maxi and Shake can get to their spots and hit those little like semi contested, you know, three to ten foot shots, and then the big has to come up and then it's a, a lob to Dwight. Those are like nice easy bench minutes, and the ben- the bench had been bad for a while. Obviously, there were some guys in there that wouldn't play it regularly, but uh, this was a good bench game. Like, 
between mm-hmm. between Dwight doing his thing, he fouled out, but doing his thing, in fouling what, 15 out 15 minutes. minutes is so solid. It's, so, it's great. <laughs> He's getting into fights with Jared Gets Allen. his money's worth, exactly man. Hot, um, high efficiency. And, and Maxi just looked looked really, really good. Um, and Shake, I, lo- I really love Shake. I can't say enough about Shake. And it's just, it's, it's they, they, they kept them in this game, and if I think... Ben or Tobias or or Joel was on or fully you know engaged. I think this is this is probably an easy win. Like Ben Ben Joel Tobias combining for fourteen turnovers between them and only nine assists is like that's that's not not great. Generally, what's yeah. going to happen? Um, but a but a bad game from them. And I think I, I like that Doc sort of went with the bench for longer as like a we could win this game if you guys like brought it and they didn't. And and there's there's going to be you know losses as learning experiences type of thing. Well, some uh, some good news, Mike. Um, when I was looking at our uh, presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbooks app yesterday, hopefully after this game it hasn't changed. But uh, all on one day, the championship odds, the conference uh, championship odds, and the Joel Embiid MVP odds all got shorter for the Sixers. Um, they went from plus 2,000 to plus 1,600 to win the title, from plus 800 to plus 650 to win the East, and Embiid is now the fourth favorite uh, to win MVP behind uh, Jokic, not Jokic, uh, the other white guy, uh, Luka, um, Giannis, and Durant at plus 1,000. Like, mm-hmm. his odds got cut in half. All right. Yeah. They obviously did not know this game was coming. Um, but so DraftKings Sportsbook playoffs this weekend, football, as my mic falls off. That's all right. I'm a pro. I could do it. Uh, the only place you want to bet on football or basketball, but football this weekend is America's top rated sportsbook app. That is DraftKings Sportsbook. All new players get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you sign up using promo code RTRS. So if you want to get in there and bet on Joe to win MVP, which he's definitely in the hunt for you want to bet on the title or you just want to bet on football this weekend you can do that uh use promo code rtrs DraftKings sportsbook bet on anything easy app to use supports the ricky um deposit whenever you want withdraw whenever you want the DraftKings sportsbook's right here it's not one of those uh you know sportsbooks apps that's out of the country it's right here so your money is safe secure uh at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS when you sign up. Get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code RTRS for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Bonus Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um... Anything else? Um, I, I have a the obviously it wasn't a great Joel game, but like we don't talk enough about how good like and be just handling in the open court and being able to go end oh, to yeah. end and yeah. doing it like relatively under control um, mm-hmm. is really impressive. And I so skilled, just yeah. I just love him. And I think that the you know we've talked about this before. Like there were a couple times late in the game, I think he was frustrated by not getting the ball in the post a couple times. And so he started to do the like, well, I'm, I'm fucking Joel and B. I'm gonna go to the back. I'm gonna shoot. I'm like gonna get my shots up. And I think there there is risk. And I'm interested to see how they balance it over the course of the season. Of like, well, how many, how much do we do the like, get Joel the ball in the post and then play the swing swing open three game, 
versus when those shots aren't falling or it's just like you want to get Joel matchups. Like, how do we get him the ball maybe at the nail or like lower, closer to the rim when he can actually just like be the get offense and get his own shot? And so, yeah, um, or get fouled. Yeah, get fouled. He only went to the line five times. That's that's really not much at all. Um, it's kind of, that that part I didn't like because boy does it seem like he could get to the line whenever the fuck he wants. Yeah, to. he forced it a couple times. Tonight. Like he tried to do that a yeah. couple like swing swing throughs and they like called him for offensive or they called him for travels or whatever. It just didn't seem like it didn't seem like he was like precise tonight, which is which just happens on the second half of back to back. I I wish especially with Kyrie not playing, I wish that they were just like, meh, we'll sit him. We have eighteen centers in the roster anyway. We may as well try to use them get get our money's worth. Uh, I wouldn't have mind a well if you're like it. It hurts. It's more predictable that they that they lost this game because we were at mostly at least as far as our best players go full strength and they were not. Um, but it would have felt like more fine if MB didn't play and then just like you know, okay, we lost to the Nets, whatever, scrap game. I, I don't like I don't like losing when Joel plays. That I think like hurts worse. And so I'd rather if we're gonna lose, we may as well friggin' have a Embiid rest game on their hands yeah so that's actually one thing i wanted to uh to talk about and and that i i don't know what the numbers are after tonight is so Embiid's playing like 33 minutes a game he's played 37 minutes i think twice um he as of I don't know, three days ago, he was leading the team in minutes per game. Um, I think before this game, he was like tied with Harris. I, 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 I know I do it every year, but I, I just think there's a big difference. And Doc Rivers said he's going to play 33, 34 minutes a game. I just think it should be 30. And I think over a full season, three minutes a game means seven games worth of minutes that he saves. And I... You just need to plan better because those 37-minute games are going to happen. And I just, I don't know. I, they're playing them too many minutes. And, you know, you can, you can sit them too but if you want to sit them. But playing them, the, the minutes per game is still a thing that has to be managed. And I just, I think he should be lower than he's at. I don't know if you see it the same way, but I, you know, you, you can't just treat him like a, Last thing, last point on this. He plays the hardest, like the most, he gets bumped and, and hit and stuff the most on defense. And when he's not, he's a seven-foot guy chasing around somebody on the perimeter. On offense, posting up takes a lot of fucking effort. You get beat up a lot. On top of it, he's seven foot one, 280 pounds, and he's been injured somewhat significantly every year of his career. You just got to treat him different than other players, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, the, I think this is the kind of thing where because he started taking care of his body more, and this is like evident now. It's not just it's not just like I need to work on my conditioning type mm-hmm. of thing. Like he's he's a different player now. I think if he if if this is the if this is the deal, like he wants to be treated like a regular player, right? Like he wants to. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. And so if 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 if. if if he's like, hey, I'm getting in fucking shape. I can I can run out there. I want to play this many minutes. I want to be an MVP candidate. And then Doc or Daryl or whatever is like, you should sit. Then it's like, well, what the fuck am I? Why don't I just go be lumbering again? Like I I, I kind of just leave it to him a little bit. Like as long as he's not playing 38 minutes like every night kind of thing, then I I'm not gonna quibble with like whether it's like 30 or 33. I hear you. Like I, I wish like perfect world, but. 
I'm I'm happy that he looks good and that he's having fun playing basketball. He had a big smile a couple times in the in the Wizards game. Blocked the shit out of uh, Howell Neto. Um, I think he's having a good time out there. He you know he rediscovered his love of passing was a quote that he gave. Like he's he's doing fine. And in, if he gets hurt, then I will regret every minute he played. But I think at a, <laughs> at a certain point he's got to be like. He wants to be treated like a regular basketball player, and so. Well, but regular basketball players sometimes play thirty minutes a game too. That's all. Yeah, we played thirty tonight. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there, we go. there you go. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice loss. Nice thirty and a nice loss. Simmons, Simmons well, tonight was just not was just not very good. He was good. fucking terrible. Um, he was terrible. He four of thirteen from the field. Uh, I'm glad he took that shot. Uh, I'm glad that he missed by a thousand. Like, do it. Like that's fine, and it's gonna happen sometimes. Well, the, the real, the real, the real key for him is missing like that and shooting again. Yeah, you know, because yeah. that was that was a. It was the right shot though. Like it was decisiveness. Yeah. I, 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 so my memory was like somewhat late in the clock, not crazy late in the clock, but just like I'm gonna step into it and I'm gonna take it. Like it was a good looking shot. It was just missed by quite a bit. Um, but the more like he went to the rim a couple times, he 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 didn't get calls. Like he's, I think there's interesting and, and Tobias is like this also like. You're either a person that gets calls or you're not, and I think the ref, like re- refereeing, there's a human element in it, where when Jimmy Butler's there, it's like or or Embiid, it's like, well, we're gonna call a lot of fouls because he's a guy who gets fouled. Like it, it sort of like snowballs on itself. Whereas if you're a guy who doesn't go to the line very much or they're not seeing you be the aggressor, um, initiating the contact and getting and drawing the people to do whatever, then then I think they're they're more holding their whistles back and stuff. And so Ben, I think, did go to the rim a lot tonight. I was impressed by how he uh, committed he was to doing that. He didn't finish very well. Um, and there were a couple times like, he, they posted him up too much. Um, and Brooklyn did not double in the post, which means they shouldn't be doing it. They shouldn't be going there because it's, it's, it's not efficient offense. I mean, look, I love Luau, but if Ben can't score on Luau in the post, like he shouldn't be getting the ball in the post. Um, I would love one move, like <coughs> give me a move in the post, like what? a whether it's a, you know, he used to have he did it tonight. He had he had a nice little like spin hook, that's nice. Um, I would like to like something more at the rim, but like if you're gonna like perfect that, make that be like a consistent go to move. But right now he's kind of just like. I'm gonna. He just waits to get double teamed. Yeah, he waits to get, to get double teams, team. or he throws up yeah. like kind of a like a uncomfortable one he got called for some offensive fouls where he's like pushing off a little bit he's still figuring it figuring out down there it was not it was not a good bad game whatsoever but i i uh i would just i would like i would like to see him like have have a move down there because he's gonna have mismatches so like let's 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 find it yeah i mean yeah it's time to have a move down there like he likes getting the ball down there I, I don't know why Doc Rivers keeps calling it. Like, they call it a lot. Brett called it a lot, too. Um, he needs one move. Just one move. One move for when you have a mismatch. We And, by the way, we don't need to call that play when it's not a mismatch. When when there's a 6'8 guy on him, you know? Um, by the way— Yeah, I mean, I'd rather I never have put, it, like, at the elbow. Like, give it to him at the elbow well, so he can, sure. like— in, the, in that one game, or like, we did. The, or do more drive and kick there, or yeah, like see both well, sides the, of the court type of thing. We did it in the first game in the bubble. It was like the the Ben power forward game. We never saw it again. Like when he he kept having it there. Um, I don't complain. I just I, I'm not complaining. I just want to mention it. 
I never complain about announcers. Oh my I god! I truly don't give a shit. I had the same note. They're, I mean, they're just awful. They were bad. I mean, it's like truly embarrassing. Like, I don't understand how the well, NBA can well, be like okay with this. How how like there, there's obviously bad announcing in a bunch of ways. There's a bunch of good announcers as well, but like. You know, there's people that just, like, clearly aren't having fun talking about the game. And then there's just, like, straight up, like, these guys shouldn't be allowed to speak in a microphone. Marv Albert is a 1,000 years old and, and, and should have retired decades ago. Like, he, he doesn't know who anyone is. He doesn't know who anyone is. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a weird thing that Weber did. And I, I defended Chris Weber for a while. And I thought he had a lot of potential. And he just never got any better. He only got worse. But he confused the fuck out of me when... He was like, something, 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 Demari Carroll. Yeah. And I'm like, is that Demari Carroll? No. And I'm like, I, I guess it is Demari Carroll. And then later on, I was like, wait a minute, that's Torian Prince. Do they also have Demari yeah. Carroll? Like, I was so confused. No. no, he's not in the league right now. It's, it's, I mean, they called, like, yeah. he called, they called Chris Chioza, Landry Shamit a bunch of times. They called, they switched, they switched they up Milton and Maxi. Like, it just, it's really, yeah. really embarrassing. And it's like, I, there's going to be sometimes mistakes. You're going to misspeak. You're talking for you know two hours at a time. Whatever it is, fine. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I I blow it a lot on this podcast, but like there should be a level of professionalism that like you expect, and they're just not. They just don't have it. Like I don't. I really don't understand it. I really don't. Um, it feels like in the NBA more than like the NFL. Like the NFL, like some you know fifth string receiver or whatever makes a catch and it's like wow great and it's like here's here's the announcer like knowing something about that guy and it seems like every time in a national broadcast like they're still doing shake milton being like where'd he come from like kind of thing where we don't know it's just it seems like the national nba guys are not good enough and i don't know why we're like marv especially needs to just like go into like hospice care like you're so out of it Hospice. in so many ways. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's gone. On. He's <laughs> just, there's oh nothing left. There's nothing left there. He, he is barely <laughs> hanging on. Look, had a great career. Can, God bless him. He, but like, wait a minute. it's 2021, man. Like, 1995 was so long ago. Wait a minute. He can't go to like an old place. No, we're, we're skipping it. We're skipping it. We're skipping that. Something's up. <laughs> right to hospice. We're straight to it. He gets there. He'll be the dude, most. He's like, I'm. He'll be like the the coolest guy in hospice care. Fine. Because he's not sick. <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> that might be it. It's bad. It's really. It's frustrating. I mean, like sometimes it's fun. Like I don't know. I get. I get why people like like listening to people that don't really know what they're talking about because it's fun to just like goof on them and stuff. But like, a, a a total chore to listen to this to this broadcast when we have like Mark Anala like and even like Ian Eagle on the on the Yes broadcast. Um, I need being great. like way, yeah. way better, and it's just it, the NBA should be embarrassed. Like they should be embarrassed. Like you're a great product. You're a young product. Like, well, I started thinking. I, I started thinking to myself. You know, for the Eagles games, we we had a, a much different situation this year in that for road games, our our for WIP, our crew did not travel, so we had to. We did it from the link, like basically on TVs, and it's much. D- you think it's easy to do it on a TV, uh, at least for football, but the difference is is that they have to describe everything and TV it doesn't they don't show you everything. So in my head, I started to think to myself, well, maybe are are they not there? Are they watching this on TVs? But I'm like, wait a minute, this is basketball. You should know that Damari Carroll's not on the nets. Mm-hmm. Like and he did it more than once. Yeah, multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And the the only thing I will defend is 
this Shake Milton, where did he come from thing, that's going to happen on national broadcasts only because like the, the the casual viewer doesn't have any context. So they can't just act like it's normal. No, but they, they can they be like to, excited about it. I'm, not, I'm just saying like they, they yeah. shouldn't be surprised. Like they can explain right, 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 like, right. hey, this guy was drafted here and like, you know, was in the G in a two way, whatever, whatever you want to say, it's fine. But they shouldn't be like, I don't know. Let me check my notes. Actually, this guy, like, it's just, it seems, it seems like they're the people that are, and I know that I that I probably do this, so I'm probably shooting myself. But like the people that are like revel in like how unprepared they are, like it's not, it's not, that's not cute. Like it's not cute. You're getting paid a lot of money to do this, and a lot of people would want this job. And I agree. You're and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know anything at all. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, this is the last thing that I have from the two games, and then I have a bunch of other stuff. And if, if you have anything, let me know. The last thing I had is, like, why did they not put Ben Simmons on Bradley Beal? I don't understand. I, you know, the, the last two defenders I remember having on the Sixers that are like, hey, this guy is our guy if the other guy's going off, was Covington and Iguodala. And it always seemed like that happened. Like, we would put, especially, like, the last two years of Iguodala, you know, well, I don't understand. I, I just, the guy scored 60 points and we have a really good perimeter defender. Like why isn't he, why isn't he guarding him? I, I was intoxicated watching the game, so I don't okay. really remember it, uh, okay. of how it was happening that way. But it, I, in, in my mind, in my adult mind, it seemed like they had him on him sometimes and, Beal got a lot off of like switches and like offensive rebounds and like weird transition opportunities. Like it wasn't every time it was. I feel like Karis LeVert honestly got more like, here's the here's his possession. He's gonna do whatever he wants out of it. Um, yeah, type of thing. I feel like Beal got all of, all of Beal's things came in like weird scrambles for the ball, kick out, he's open three, like in those kinds of types of things. So uh, I don't know. Mate- I thought like. I don't think people did a bad job on him. Like, I don't think it was like, you can't stay with him. It was just like, he hits yeah, tough I know. shots. Yeah, it's just good. like, give, put the guy on him to make him work. Oh, and then the other last thing I have is, I don't know, Matisse Dybul might be the worst offensive player I've ever seen. I, like, he is fucking terrible. Like, the he's not allowed to dribble. He is not allowed to dribble or pass, only if it's a normal pass. Only thing he's allowed to do is take open threes. It just—he had a nice finish in the. Um, was it in the Wizards game or the second Hornets game? I can't remember. But he had a nice little kind of scoop and get, game, getting foul type of thing. Like there's—he's been like the—he looked so bad in those first preseason games, and then the first <laughs> one that like him doing things somewhat cohesively on the offensive end is a is a surprise and a treat. I, it's tough because you want him to be able to. Like, he's going to get better at that kind of stuff of just, like, you know, Doc is encouraging him to look confident, right? Hey, if you're open, take the shot. Hey, if, if, if you're open and they pump fake and you get a blow-by, I want you to drive. Like, attack a closeout. You're an NBA player. Do it. And if you want to finish, you can try to finish. Like, if you want to try to kick it out to another open shooter, you can do that. Like, I want to empower you because the first couple of games he was playing so scared and he had no idea. Like, he really looked like he was on skates. And so there's going to be some like, hey, he looks confident. I don't. He maybe we sh- he maybe shouldn't, but I get what eventually he's going to. So hopefully there's like a some you know in the distance OG Ananobi style like, hey, he's developed into a, a competent offensive player. 
but it, it, a right, lot of times he, just, he does look pretty far away from it for sure. He just fucking jumped off the wrong foot for a layup tonight. Like he looks like he's kidding or something. Like he looks like he's not being serious. Uh, and he, his profile, like his physical profile and how he looks when he's not doing that is so good that I want it to work. And he seems like he's smart. There's just, there's a screw loose on offense. Like I just, I feel like he's got a screw loose. Mike, let me ask you, if you could sue anyone, who would you sue? It's a long list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very long list. Um, Where am I on the list? Am I anywhere? I mean, no, I'm sure I'm you're somewhere. not on the list. No? I have nothing okay, to sue good. you over. Um, okay. I would say, I think number one is still probably uh, either Devin Harris or the referees responsible for the three-quarters court Devin Harris game, w- game winner against the Sixers. Um <laughs> Like 15 years ago, 10, 10, 10, 15 years ago at this point. It's been a while um, because the clock started late and they've never, and it's not, they've never gotten over. Maybe it has a speaking of like eight to 12, maybe something like that. Speaking of random game winners, I thought about the, uh, the, when we were playing the Wizards, the Cartier Martin one against sure. the Sixers. I don't know if you remember that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Nick Young killed us when he was with the uh, Wizards too. Uh, well, look, if you want to sue somebody <clears throat> or if you don't want to, Cornblow uh, and Cornblow is the place to do it. Now I say that you know kiddingly, but uh, if you get hurt and it's somebody else's fault, we have a system for that. That's what you know their insurance is for. That's what business insurance is for, and that's what personal injury law firms are for. Most of them, scary. You call up, they just send you someone else. Referral services, not Cornblow and Cornblow. Boutique personal injury law firm, law firm that will come to your home if you want them to. Nowadays, maybe maybe not. <laughs> Maybe just on the phone. But uh, they've been doing it for 40 years. Cornblow, his mom in there, a couple of other Cornblows in there. Um, just take real care of all of our listeners. Take real care of everybody, mm-hmm. not just our listeners, but our listeners get special care. Uh, personal injury law- lawsuits take a long time. A lot of times they are you know, very like stressful and confusing, and having a guy like Cornblow in your corner have cornblow in your corner, I like that, uh, is is really what you want. Medical malpractice is what they specialize in, but any sort of personal injury, uh, injured at work, car accident, slip and fall, or many of our listeners, and, and he means this, if you have any legal question, get out of a lease, uh, business interruption insurance he's helped people with, unemployment insurance he's helped people with, anything that you need a lawyer for, you call Cornblow, he'll be able to help you. 215-576-7200, ask for Adam, or email cornblow at cornblowandcornblow.com. Cornblow spelled with a K, the and in that email address spelled A-N-D, and the rest? It's up to you. Cornblow, Cornblow, Cornblow. Um, okay, well, you know, seven and two? Are we seven and two? Seven Not and two, bad. no, no, uh... No great win. I mean, the Toronto Toronto looks bad. I think they're eventually going to be good, but they're certainly struggling now. Um, and Orlando, I guess, was a great win in that. But like, I, I might have like, I feel good about this team. I feel like they are they are slightly different from last year's team. There's more shooting. I think there's going to be a trade midseason where they upgrade some like from the like I don't know four to eight type of rotation player range. Um, they depending on how good that person is, we'll see like what their championship aspirations are and stuff. But I feel I feel mostly positive about this team, but I would like to see it happen against I like to see like a good win against yeah. a like a, a rolling team, like in a tough, tough thing. So that's when you'll see like can you know, how how is Doc's coaching? Like have we seen really much like what does this team look like in crunch time? 
against mm-hmm. a high level opponent yet. And I don't think we have. And and but those are yeah. coming. Like you know, we got the Nuggets next week. Like there's a lot of a lot of good a lot of good teams coming. Well, we have the Nuggets on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Nuggets on Saturday, and then two against the Heat. And yeah, uh, there's there's tough games coming. Actually, before we get to the the Iggy Ben thing, I mean, I expected this would happen with the when things are going well. They're like, well, having the new coach in there, yada yada yada. I was on board with getting rid of Brett. I thought it was time. Yeah. I think it is unfair to compare what Doc is doing with these Sixers, though, compared to last year's Sixers with Brett. Yeah, um, you would compare it to right? the... To the um, it's, it's so unfortunate that years. in my mind, yeah. my, my, even though I don't want it to be this way, I don't. You know I don't. But in my mind, when I, when I talk about those Sixers, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Ilyasova and Bellinelli Sixers. Like, no, I don't. That's not... <laughs> who I see them as, but it just naturally goes there, and it's very upsetting because I, I I don't like it. But that's who you compare it to if it's like Embiid and Simmons. Well, shoes. yeah. I mean, I'll talk about it forever, but the like it it's something to say that the Simmons Embiid Redick Sarge Covington lineup was had the best net rating in the league. Yeah. That year, you know. So I that's the only thing I want to. I'm not gonna. I'll, I rarely bring up Brett anymore, and I'm glad that Doc's here, and he is a. The, the players respect him, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's here. But I do want to say, like, and I, I know that every time they win or Tobias Harris, like, shoots 45% from three on spot-ups, which is the same thing he just didn't do last year, um, everyone's going to go doc, doc, doc. It's like, it's not all doc, doc, doc. Like, having Seth Curry and Danny Green rather than Al Horford and Josh Richardson helps. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's cool that in, in you know, these batshit crazy times that we're living through, having, like, a coach mm-hmm. or even a player, like, doc being a vocal, like, NBA vocal leader about, uh, you know, civil rights and, mm-hmm. you know, just, hey, can you comment on what is happening right now? Um, yeah, it's great. I think is, is cool that we haven't, I, you know, I think Tobias, you know, says plenty of uh, insightful things. And I think Ben cares about those things, even if he's not, you know, the best public speaker type of thing. And MB talks about it sometimes. But, like, Doc is, like, one of the, what, five guys that the league would go to to be, like, what do you have to say? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. Like LeBron and Draymond and and Doc. Like they're they're in that Jalen Jalen Brown. Like there's a bunch of like really, you know, people that think about this shit. And it's cool that Doc is is one of them on our on our team. Yeah, and I, I want to be clear. I don't care if if players like, you know, it, it's not their job to feel comfortable sure. talking about that. For sure. If you know, I, the guys like, uh, and I wasn't like like saying that you said that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, guys like. Uh, Jalen Brown or Tobias Harris or that are that that feel that not everybody is is not everybody's great at talking about that publicly. Not everybody like has it in their heart <laughs> to to make it like Harden the said most he didn't important see it thing. Yesterday. What's I that? asked Harden about about like hey what he said what, happened, what happened at the Capitol? What do you think? He's like I didn't see it. It's it's just really <laughs> really very funny. Very funny. <laughs> well, good for him. Maybe he's not online all that yeah. much. You know, that's maybe he's healthy. Uh, so, in your opinion, who is better? I, I don't know why it came up in my head. Current Ben Simmons or Prime Iguodala? And when I say Prime Iguodala, I will put it in the last two years of Philly, first year of Denver, 
like one year of Denver, one year of Golden State, like that four-year run, 27 to 30 years old, who do you think is a better player? I mean, they're, they're, they're different players. I, I, it's, mm-hmm. hard, it's hard to say. I would say. I think they're, they're similar enough. I think they're like, They're obviously both very versatile defenders, um, mm-hmm. athletic, uh, mm-hmm. like see the court well on defense and can also like stay with a guy and, and shut him down sometimes, uh, unless it's TJ Warren. Um, but, you know, Iguodala was certainly better at getting his own shot. He was certainly mm-hmm. uh, miscast as like the number the guy. one guy for a team that had any, had any hopes whatsoever. Um, and that's why the, you know, some parts of the city eventually turned against him was because it's like, Hey, you're not, you're not Iverson. And it's like, well, yeah, but I'm very good at other stuff. And just because mm-hmm. they've built a pretty mediocre team around me doesn't, you know, speak to who Andre is. Um, it's interesting. It's in, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I really don't. Um, I think it's interesting that like, Iguodala, once he went to Denver and then and then obviously to Golden State, became this type of like, I'm, you know, a very smart role player that elevates any lineup I'm on and, and is still doing that with Miami this late in his career. So I'd be interested to see like, you know, Ben Simmons at age 33, 34. What does that look like? Is, is, is well, he a similar type I, I of think, guy? I don't know. I think the moment he became that, like his last year in Philly, but really that first year in Denver. And remember that Denver team, yeah. I think won like 55 games, yeah. but then Gallinari got hurt in that first round of the playoffs, but they were really fucking good. Mm, and he only said that because they have, they have, uh, you know, a whole roster Atlanta Hawks make the, uh, or a whole starting lineup is the Eastern conference player of the month or whatever. Yes. For sure. Of like but, no one on our team is actually, Excellent, but we have a bunch of a bunch of bees. But you know, Danilo Gallinari and Andre Iguodala are more fun to watch than anybody on those fucking Hawks teams, uh, or anybody on that Hawks team. Or what was that? Two years of that Hawks team with Corver and Horford and like Jeff Teague, and Paul Millsap. Yeah, yeah. Come on. There you go. And Damari Carroll. There you go. And Damari Carroll. I, I guess what I would say is that. You know, it's it's a little un, and that's why I think it's more interesting to. Well, we don't have twenty eight, twenty nine year old Ben. Um, uh, Iguodala was twenty nine when he went to Denver. He, I, I really do. Uh, here's where I think Iguodala is underrated. I actually think he's underrated as a passer and ball handler. Like he's really good in a secondary role there. He sees the court really, really well. Um, we never got to see. A, you brought this up as a defender. Like, the centers he played with, like, he never played with, like, he played with fucking Sam D'Alembert, Spencer Hawes. Um, like, he never played with a guy behind him um, like like Embiid. I think Andre Godala is a, if Ben at some point could look at what Andre did, because um, Andre became like a, a, a good enough three-point shooter, you know, where he wasn't like a great shooter in early in his career. Something happened free throw wise, like eight years into his career, all of a sudden he went from a good free throw shooter to a fucking terrible free throw shooter. And he did hit some big shots. I think Andre's better, but I think it's sort of an unfair comparison because we're talking about a guy in the middle of his prime, physical prime. Um, and I think Andre is probably a little underrated as an athlete. He was a fucking oh, yeah. ridiculous 100%. athlete, you know? Um, what do we got? 
let's do a little uh, let's do a little mailbag. A little Lorenzo. Actually, before we get to Lorenzo Brown mailbag, this way CJ on the on the video can do two of his graphics in a row. First of all, Apple Podcast five star review. Leave us five stars. We're at two thousand eight hundred twenty six. When we get to three thousand, I read all the reviews from two thousand to three thousand. Uh, this is good for you, Mike. This comes from uh, Jan69. Mike, I know you asked Embiid during the pod you had with him during the bubble about picking his wedgies on his free throws. It is the second quarter during the Knicks game, and he has missed two free throws already, and I've noticed he stopped picking his wedgies. Do you think it's because he had a kid? Regular <laughs> listener, love the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, is it because he had a, a child? I don't know. Maybe he got his... Maybe he got his butt fixed. Maybe yeah, he, uh, maybe. in in figuring out his you know new dietary thing. Maybe there's just you know less less sticking to his butt, and so he doesn't need mm-hmm. to have. Uh, or he got a new cut of shorts because he's down a size. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Um, oh man, I didn't get this guy's new uh, email, so I'll get it next time. Uh, Dear Mike and Spike, after watching the Eagles game against the Redskins, it was obvious they were clearly tanking, which is someone I'll have to battle with my friends and family that it was the right decision again. <laughs> if someone were to make the the podcast with the name Rights to Blank Podcast, what Eagles player would be best to describe the Doug Peterson tenure? Michael Jaquette, Craven LeBlanc, etc. Also, uh, does whoever they draft at six need to be called the process? Thank you for all you get, all you guys do. And I also want to get your your review of the Eagles uh, in game tank. But first, the player. Uh, I don't think that like there's been enough of a, ba- l- l- you know, the longevity of of how yeah. long these guys were getting opportunities, um, mm-hmm. is what made it about like who's you know all the all the random ten days we had coming in and out. I don't know. I mean, like you could say, I think this guy had it right as far as like the cornerback position seem, seems to be the right mm-hmm. one to target. There's so many of them. Yeah. Um, maybe like the I, rights to like what's his name like Grayson Arnold. Oh, I think that is, that is might that, be a good one. Craven LeBlanc is already like kind of a kind of a thing. Yeah. Like he's done. He's he's showed up in different places. Um, I'll tell you that Craven LeBlanc interception against the Saints, I'll never forget. Yeah. I still to to this day, the false touchdown pass early in that game and the Craven LeBlanc interception, I do not know how they lost that fucking game. Oh, Alshon dropped like, it. Yeah. But I mean, even they stopped scoring. It's unbelievable. Alshon did drop it. Yeah. Unbelievable. I also think I think Boston Scott is a Boston Scott's the man. I love Boston Scott. Yeah. He's great. Is a good uh, is good, but I feel like if it was the rights to for the Peterson tenure, it has to be the um, Super Bowl season. I do like how Corey Clement was good for one year and really has just mailed it yeah, in. Ever I really since. believe in Corey Clement. I mean, that, that in the Super Bowl, he was just absolutely unbelievable. That catch, at the, well, that yeah, catch, unbelievable. The throw in that catch, the catch and you just you cannot rule out because I've seen it so many times. The Gene Steratore ruling. On what makes it a catch? Oh uh, right, iconic, really good. Did Did I ever tell you about the fight I almost got in at the Super yes. Bowl during that catch? Okay, all right. That's I think he said it on the story. podcast multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, okay. So the the tanking. Yeah. Oh yes. Situation. Um, mm-hmm. It is funny that you know we are now because Hinky was here from what twenty thirteen to, to twenty sixteen, and so April and so we are now almost five years 
gone. And anytime anybody mentions Hanky, wild. it's like, it's Hanky. Yeah. There's Hanky on the timeline. People are talking about it. It's referencing the Sixers. Mm-hmm. People are like shitting on the Sixers for being like, I, so I forget who it was. It might have been a Giants player to say something like, I don't know. I haven't seen any banners up there yet. So tanking didn't work in Philly. Like it's just like they're well, how about they're M- going Matt for Rule? It. Matt Rule? Do we have to ban him? Did you see his quote? Is that what it was? Yeah, was Matt that. Rule like ripped us. I'll get the quote. But go yeah. ahead. So I it's I think it's the 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 staying power of the Sam Hinkie process Sixers really like took over the media at mm-hmm. well both now and like it, at the time they talked about it for so long. Because it happened for three years. If it only happened for one year, maybe maybe they wouldn't have. But like it was three years of, they were bad. Then they drafted Joel, and then he was out for a year. And then they drafted uh, Okafor, and he sucked. And Joel was out for another year. And so that, those three years were like, they're still doing it. They're doing it forever. It wasn't that wasn't the intent was to do it forever. But I think that just this, all the factors that sort of coalesced to be, to like make it so. I think really impressive that like. That it's been around. It's this still us. talking about it. I think. Uh, yeah. I think it was good. I think I'm not a. I'm not an NFL draft guy. Um, as my certainly as much as I am an NBA draft guy. So, but obviously, if you can, if you have an opportunity to get the sixth seed instead of the ninth seed, or the ninth pick instead of the instead of the sixth pick, I think, and while also fucking over the Giants, I think you take that opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that there's any sort of like you know, what a embarrassment to the game <laughs> that it is they shouldn't have fucking flexed the game when the six eagles have nothing going for them um also why are you flexing an nfc east game after at the end of this season you idiots uh well i think it's pretty yeah, good they, um they love to they always want a game that is win and end yeah. and it was the only possible game that was definitely going to be win and end but they paid the price they definitely paid the yeah, price. yeah for sure i mean it's, I think it was really funny watching everybody get mad at Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is at its best when everyone's mad at them. I think they've, you know, with the election and gritty, and there's just too many, like, everybody likes Philadelphia, funny, like, weird little thing. And I think, Jen, like, there, there being a, we need to have a national sports conversation about the city of Philadelphia is always really, really. <laughs> the home of tank. A, del- a delight for me, yeah. I thought they did a great job, uh, you know. I thought Sudfeld was like, was good at one point, and man, he looked really very bad. Um, well, but I, I think I think the the one thing that is a shame is that imagine you're Nate Sudfeld, and the conversation across the entire country is, wait a minute, they put in fucking Sudfeld. Yeah. Like, well, there, I mean, that was a, like, there were a lot of Sixers that were the subject of that conversation as well. You know? Yeah. But it's like it's um, not like the Eagles are the first game, first team ever to be like, hey, in the fourth quarter of a game that doesn't matter, we're going to stop playing people. Like that's well, they're, not the, they're not the first okay. team that's ever done that in football, in any sport. Like, what are we doing? I, I get that it's so the first, only game on TV. If it wasn't, it wouldn't have mattered. But like, but man, the, people really love to clutch some pearls when they can. So uh, first of all, the quote from Matt Rule on the importance of winning now and not tanking. I was in Philadelphia when the Sixers were in trust the process tanking thing, and they haven't hung one in the rafters yet. Go fuck Mister has never hung. You're banned. Matt Rule's banned. banned. So he's on the list. He's on the Mike Weber Memorial ban list. All right, Mike. I got some uh, some good news from Eric at Big Barker. You want to hear the good news? Yeah. So I was emailing him, and I you know wished him a, ha- a happy New Year. 
I thanked him for being a sponsor. And uh, I was like, hey, anything new you want us to mention, you know, in the ads? He's like, I meant to mention to you. He goes, you know, I hear you with LL talking about how many um, engagement rings you've sold to write Ricky Sanchez listeners. He goes, do you want to know how many beds you've sold with the patches uh, in the two and a half years? I'm like, sure, tell me. 556 uh <sighs> Big Barker beds with a process pup patch. That's genuinely surprising. That's uh, that's quite. A <laughs> it's number. a fucking. Cr- it's a crazy number, isn't that's it? Quite I a saw number. by your reaction. Puts LL to shame. Yeah, um, you know it's it's been busy lately. Obviously, pandemic has been big for shelter dogs, so that's great. Forty five in the last month, um, which is amazing too. We got Guinness in this week. New process pup. Uh, Jack. New process pup. Twinkie. New process pup. We put them on the website as fast as we can. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. That's where you get the big barker dog bed with the process pup patch. Yeah, You might ask yourself, why have so many people bought it? Well, guilt. But um, the guilt is because you want your dog sleeping on the, the bed that is going to make them the healthiest. And that's what big barkers do. They're the only beds on the market that do that. You might go, ah, oh, like 200 bucks. How am I spending 200 bucks on a dog bed? Well, it's the only dog bed you're going to have to buy, has a 10-year warranty, has a one-year refund policy. So if you don't like it, they'll refund it. They'll even pay for the shipping. It, it was designed by experts to support your dog's joints. Go look at the pictures of the bed. I, I really think it makes a difference. When you lay on it, you'll, you'll notice the difference too. But when you look at the pictures, look at how far off the floor the dogs are. It's like a good six inches. And you look at a regular dog bed, they sink right to the ground. There's a major, major, major difference. Um, make your dog a process pup. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the bed, the two process pup patches. You send us a a picture with the dog on the bed and we put them in the gallery. So thank you to all 556 of you who have done that. Uh, As I said, 10-year warranty, foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One-year at-home trial made in the USA, made right here in our area actually too. Big Barker dog beds. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. The funny thing for me about the Eagles game. I have watched every second of every Eagles game since I became program director of WIP. Sunday night, the third quarter ends, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not on the air tomorrow. I don't have to talk about it. I'm going to bed. I wake up. I don't turn Angelo on until like 7 a.m. And he's fucking yelling. He's like mad. And I don't really know what happened. So I immediately text Elliot Shore Parks. Why is everybody mad? Is everybody actually mad? Or is this just Angelo? He goes, no, everybody in the whole country is mad at Philadelphia. (laughs) And I found out what happened. I will say this. I would love to know, just in the mind of Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, like at some point, you know, toward the end of the third quarter, they're like, we sat every good player. How are we in this yeah, game? Yeah, for sure. Like the the panic. Mm-hmm. Um, it did seem we had Miles Sanders on our air uh, on Tuesday, and he said he was pissed off about it. Which yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame. I would definitely don't blame the players for being pissed off about it. Yeah, I'm just trying to win some games. Who gives a shit about like, oh, you're going to draft somebody yeah. to replace me with the sixth pick? Like, I don't, to I don't replace you. I'm trying to win yeah. some games. That's yeah. fine. That's and and by the way, that's what the Sixers were doing. The player it wasn't right. Elliot Williams being like, I can't wait to fucking lose so this team can yeah. get a pick. <laughs> That I'll never see. Like, it, they yeah. don't, that's not how it goes. But, uh, but it is fun to be, to be the subject of attention once again. Yeah. 
I would agree. So I, it's a great tank. The Sixers never did this. The Sixers never pulled somebody late in a game so he couldn't make a shot. Yeah, for in fact, I, the only pulling that happened was in that Warriors game when uh, I believe it was Sean Livingston or, yeah, Sean Livingston grabbing Robert Covington's arm so he couldn't contest the Harrison Barnes three in the corner against the Warriors. Oh, yes. When we yeah, we got screwed. We should have won that game, yeah. Got screwed. And I'll remember it for This comes... This comes from Barry. Uh, hey, guys, I was listening to Monday's episode and started wondering how many Sixers are going to make the All-Star game this year. Stupid, pointless, pointless, meaningless waste of time. Even more boring in person than on TV All-Star game. All-Star game that's not even going to exist <laughs> yeah. this year. How many All-Stars? Well, Embiid for sure. Um, Simmons makes it, I would imagine. I think if Tobias um, keeps playing the way that... I don't think that they're going to give the Sixers three All-Stars unless they're like whatever the all-star break is, like 30 and four or something like that. Like, I don't think mm. that that's going to happen. Um, there's too many good, at this point, there's too many good players in the East to be like, we have to give, get both yeah. Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons in there over like, I don't know, Trey Young or, or Vucevic or like some, some like six through 10 team that like there's a guy actually playing well there and, and they're hanging on. I think there's a chance that By it's the Tobias way, over Ben if, if Tobias, you know, plays at, at the level he's been playing at uh yeah especially like if if I, I don't know what they consider ben but jalen brown looks like he's going to yeah. be jalen, an all-star jalen this brown year so that's another guard. who do you think is better jalen yeah. brown or brandon ingram oh jalen brown i i i still think i watch brandon ingram and he's good definitely but there's definitely a chance that he is that he he's not going to be good when the team's good. I there's something about him. I'll, like I agree. every time I'm watching Bennett, Brandon Ingram, I'll, at some point I'll text Sharp and I'll be like, "Dude, I think Ingram sucks." Actually, um, I think I think Jalen Brown's better. Yeah. I think Jalen Brown fits on any team better than Ingram does too. I agree. I think you know we talked about he's this. Better In- Ingram's done things that I'm like impressed by. I didn't think he would get this good as like a number one option, but. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing we talk. I mean, like, is Ingram like, you know, prime like Rudy Gay type of thing, where like he's good, but team, like, is he really the number one option on like an actual good team? And Jalen Brown might be like the number two option on like a great team type of thing. Whereas, I, yeah, I mean, I I think conventional wisdom would probably say Ingram at this point, but I I, I really like really? Jalen Brown, and I, I do think he's very yeah. Good. Uh, you think conventional? Well, he scores more. I, I, is he even scoring more points this year? Yeah, I think Jalen Brown's better. I would take Jalen Brown. I think, I think um, he's a better defender. I think he's probably a smarter player. Ingram's improved as a passer more than I thought he would, for sure. Um, but I think I think there's like a, I think there's a this guy kind of stops the ball a little bit to mm-hmm. to those kinds of players like Ingram. And I don't know if unless you're really like elite, if you're a ball stopping number one option, like you have to be that good. And if you're if you're just like you know, eighty percent of the way there, and it's like you're not your team's not going to finish as like a top three or four seed in in either conference. Something tells me you're really going to like this question. It's not a basketball question. The question that's been tearing my friend group apart for a decade (parentheses not really) is what's your most fuckable food? No judgment. Tobias is a great guy. Wow. <laughs> Do you have one? Not off the top of my head. Um... I guess, like something soft, um, 
like a mango comes to mind. Mmm. Like an overripe mango, maybe. I haven't thought too much about it, and now I've said that so much that it makes it seem like I am thinking about it. Um, Banana? No, it's too mush. That's mush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? It's a fucking plum. It's a plum without the pit. I don't think you can say that it's without the pit. (sighs) I could take the pit out. I guess. I guess you could. I think if you're saying what's the most fuckable food, though, like it... Yeah. Oh, I know we're going to get so many emails about this. Whatever you guys think is the answer. Yeah. Um, uh, This comes from Mike. Hey, Spike and Mike. Me and my brother Christian are both longtime listeners of the pod. After Tobias Harris won Eastern Conference Player of the Week and followed that up with another efficient night when he was plus 24, I mentioned to my brother that if Mike owes Tobias more, that Mike owes Tobias more than a simple apology. I propose that Mike should start Tobias Harris's all-star campaign early. I just did. So we can all be up... There you go. All right. So we're in. Um, uh, this comes from Matt. Do you think Embiid knew Dakota Mathias's name the first time he came in this year? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Embiid watches a good amount of basketball, and so I think he remembered him on that Purdue team with Carson Edwards because mm-hmm. they, they, they went pretty deep into the tournament. Um, and I think he's a pretty thoughtful guy maybe he you know maybe quieter as a teammate but like he's not gonna he's not gonna blow guys off i would say what his yeah i uh i would agree with you um i I hope he i does yeah i I do hope he calls him b-ball paul though that what yeah what's what's matthias's number 33 do do you think maybe he just calls him 33 no (laughs) (laughs) uh p.s love the pod moved to east lansing for college over six years ago my brother ended up moving to dc so the pod has been an amazing way for us to bond while we worked our way through college um see you at fly the process 2022 um and then final one this comes from brian if we can't or won't get hardened for whatever reason what about levine or lowry Lowry on expiring might not cost much. Toronto doesn't look good, and the depth they've they've had isn't there this year. They could sell in two months. We could get close enough in salary with Green, Scott, Ferguson, Poirier, and then add a first and Thibel. Uh, Lowry solves a lot of problems. Levine would cost more unless, Spike, you're so down on Ben. Would you take everything from Chicago for Ben to build around Embiid? Ben for Levine, Markinen, Sadoransky, Wendell Carter, or Cody White, uh, and a first. Or just send Green, Shake, or Maxi and, and a pick or two for Levine. Do you have a, a choice between those two? Well, I definitely Lowry would trade Levine? Ben Simmons for Zach Levine. I think that's a, a, a bad trade and, and would... Not even if you get Laurie Markkinen, Thomas Sadoransky, and no. Cody White? No, too? it's, you uh, know, four quarters. Um, yeah. I love Markkinen still. I love He's Levine. been... Markkinen and I like... He's been pretty bad. Yeah. It's disappointing, at least. Um, es- especially considering his rookie season. I, I honestly, when I saw him his rookie season, thought he was the best player in the draft after seeing him as rookie season and he just he hasn't yeah you know. um lowry's interesting i i love kyle lowry i think he's great i think ending his career in philadelphia would be excellent it's hard to get him this year just because of the contract i i worry that like trading danny green for harden or sorry for kyle lowry is like then you're just having another problem you know like danny green 
glues a lot of things together. Um, yeah. In a way that you know you're plugging you're plugging one hole to open another. Um, I I Though don't you, think that there's do, a, there's an easy way to get Harden on that con or to, I keep saying Harden to get Lowry on that contract. Lowry. Although I would really love it if he was here. I I do think you probably raise your championship possibility by making that switch. Um, even though yeah, I mean, certainly, you are yeah, creating right. another It's certainly problem. easier to, to yeah. find a Danny Green and they're both expiring, on like a buyout way. market or just like yeah. feeling like, you know, I don't know, Isaiah Joe, Dakota Mathias, or or some other like combination of like, you know, this, the the twelfth to fifteenth guy roster spots adding up to to trade for like a, you know, Wes Matthews type of person. He's on the Lakers, so it's not him. But like that kind of player where you can just be like, well, he's you know, they're okay, and they'll they'll do for now. Um, but you need you need that guy, otherwise, and you probably have to. It'd probably be cool. Danny Green and Matisse. You'd have to throw in at least for for Lowry. And so like, you're starting to get awfully awfully thin as far as like perimeter defenders. I, w- I will say though that Lowry is a is not as good as he used to be, yeah. but he's probably as good a defender as Danny Green. He's not probably not as like heady and steelsy, but you know that. When you think about your starting lineup at that point, as Lowry, um, Curry, Simmons, Harris, and Bede, defensively, I think you're fine. Uh, yeah, you might be. You might be. I mean, yeah. Lowry, Curry, like both, you know, sturdy defenders and like not exposable, but they are pretty small. Um, so I don't know. Sh- yeah, short. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Be interesting. Um, yeah. And then you would, I, I assume, would you do, let's say, um, Maxi Green and an unprotected first for Zach Levine? <sighs> Probably. I wouldn't love it. Yeah. I wouldn't like, I think that there's there's a, you know, very scattered uh, Zach Levine just to me will always play on a bad team, and so like, until I see him do it like when it counts on like a good team at like relatively good efficiency, he's he's always just out there like playing playground basketball because his teams never do shit. So he's obviously like a good player. He actually does things impressively well, like with the ball in his hands and impressive shooting. Yeah, I don't think he makes his teams bad though. I maybe. He's certainly the, yeah. the like, I think that, I think he's a not, you know, Jordan Clarkson changed the sort of perception on him when he went to Utah and like was happy with the sixth man role and like kind of just is, is a, is a uh, like microwave scorer and does it relatively efficiently now. But for a while he didn't, he was just pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I think Zach Levine is only like a, a higher volume, more fun dunk version of like what Jordan Clarkson was you and think? so I would like to see if him like if he can make that like you know he's obviously uh-huh. capable of being a better player than Jordan Clarkson but like it's I don't know there's there's an emptiness there that I that I like on both ends kind of that I, I've never really been able to sink my hmm. teeth into and say like this is the guy I want on a winning team maybe it's just that his game to me visually is better than Jordan Clarkson but I I don't I, I, I could see where you would put them in the same bucket, but I think he's just way more skilled than Jordan Clarkson. You know, like, he's got a very pretty jumper. Like, it, 
um, I don't know. He's got a pretty sick handle, too. All right. Uh, we will um, talk to you Sunday, right? Because we have Denver on Saturday. Is, there must be a game in between. Oh, no, there's not a game in between. So next game is Saturday against Denver. Yeah, so just a we'll quick, quick shout-out. It is my father's 68th birthday today. Whoa. Uh, Happy birthday, Glenn. Still playing basketball, getting... You know, working on his left and uh, in quarantine because there's a there's a basketball court not too long away. So he's been uh, he's still been going there even in the cold, um, and uh, and he also got uh, the first shot of the vaccine today, which is very exciting. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, very good shit. Um, show off. Absolutely. It, it actually we got an email about your dad, which I might as well read. This comes from Tom. It seemed like Mike got a little annoyed when Spike said that he was famous for his football analogies on that one pod which reminded me that Mike's dad, my family eye doctor in Hatboro growing up, was also famous within my family for his analogies about finding your prescription uh, during an appointment. I don't remember specifics, but it was always something like how finding the right prescription is like grilling a perfect burger or trying on new shoes. Appointments seemed so theatrical <laughs> with him, as if he was making you look through the wrong lenses just so when he was coming to the final point of his analogy, he could flip the lens to the perfect one like a mic drop and reveal <laughs> reveal it like a magic trick. Anyway, thank you for jogging my memory with that one. Dr. Levin was someone we all truly respected. And wow, so. respected. Very funny. That's very funny. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Glenn. I was I was gonna say it feels like he's my like my father in law. <laughs> sure. You can claim it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Um, uh, see ya. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't, won't fuck, fuck with, you. with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing me.